0: Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we're going to continue our virtue series today with a conversation about hope. So I think it'd be good for us to start by saying from the church's perspective, what is hope? Because I'm assuming it's a little bit more than I hope I win the lottery. So with that being said, I think that would be a good groundwork and then we will go from there. Well, it's uh, it's a great question.
1: So we're talking about virtues. And just to remind ourselves, virtues are kind of like soul muscles, and they get stronger when we use them more. And when we're talking about hope, we're actually talking about a theological virtue, and that's one that was given to us by God at baptism. And that has God as its object. So when we talk about the virtue of hope, we're talking specifically about a hope in God. So, yeah, not just a hope in the lottery uh, or a hope in, you know, good random numbers or a hope in, uh, you know, my mom or dad coming through or a hope in the IRS or something. Uh, We're talking about hope in God. So that's what makes it a theological virtue. We've talked about faith and love. Those are the two other theological virtues. And again, that's faith in God and love for God. That's precisely them being theological virtues. Now, we do have natural hopes. Pope Benedict wrote a beautiful encyclical on hope called Spe Salvi, uh, and he reflects on the verse from St. Paul, in hope we were saved. And he reflects on the fact that hope can actually have a saving power for us. So hope is not just uh, wishful thinking, and it's not just uh, something that we sketch down on our New Year's resolutions, and we kind of hope that they'll happen, you know. Um, But there's a real, there's a power. Hope has a power to it that can really change our attitude. When we have a reasonable hope, and that's going to be a hope ultimately rooted in God, then it really changes how we live today. So hope is obviously about something in the future, and specifically it's about a good to be achieved in the future. So that's what we're hoping in. And when we're having our hope in God, it's about really being one with God in the future, that we're on a path and we have a destination. So all of us have been on a journey before. I maybe have a little bit more of that in my childhood than most people, since my dad was a a Navy uh, submarine commander, and we moved across country four times when I was growing up, and we drove across country three of those four times. And, uh, you know, the idea of a destination, whether a daily destination, we took a couple of weeks and, you know, did some sightseeing and things like that. But I I learned about 10-hour, 12-hour drives From the time that I was, you know, seven years old or something, six years old, and the idea of arriving just at the end of that drive, but then there was a longer journey as well. Uh, Each little arrival was also part of a bigger journey and a bigger arrival when we finally made it to our new home on the other coast. You know, and so I think we can all get into the feeling of that to some extent of uh, hoping for an arrival. That's a good, it's a future good that we're anticipating. And things that strengthen hope are our confidence that we're actually going to arrive uh, when we just drive and drive or when it seems that we're driving in circles or when the car keeps breaking down or, uh, or we hit a storm or it seems like the person driving is incompetent or um, I remember a, a journey that I had recently. I was on a train train. And there was actually uh, a hostage situation in the train station. And so the trains were literally just sitting on the tracks. That's a very frustrating feeling. And you start to lose hope that you'll ever get there, right? So um, all of that is just to situate us in the experience of hope being a future good, a destination that we're looking to arrive at. And our ultimate hope is in God, and our ultimate destination is in eternal life, uh, is in holiness, is in being a saint, being united with God forever, in, in an eternal rest as we pray for the deceased. Eternal rest, grant to him, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon him. That's the ultimate thing that we're hoping for. And When we get stuck on our journey, when we fall from our sins, when we struggle with life, when we have setbacks and disappointments and betrayals, and all of those things tempt us to give up our hope. But when we have hope in the midst of all of that, it has a way of sustaining us and helping us to move forward on that journey towards our ultimate destination, holiness, perfect love, union with God. Those are different ways of saying our ultimate destination. So the theological virtue of hope is that virtue that keeps propelling us forward by placing our trust in God and believing that he is leading us toward our ultimate happiness also is another way to say that. Um, So that's that's a, a hope that gets tested in many ways and and we need the little hopes along the way. And Pope Benedict says that very beautifully in his encyclical, Space Salvi uh, on Hope. He says, We need the little hopes. You know, that's like, as I said, our, my journey across country consisted of several smaller journeys. And the destination, each in individual destination, you know, driving from Virginia to California after we made our first day and arrived in uh, whatever, Kentucky or something. Um, you know, there was a little little hope arriving in Kentucky, and the satisfaction of that hope gives us courage, and that, you know, helps us to believe that we're going to make the ultimate destination. And that's how life works, too. We need those little hopes. Um, You know, there's, uh, I'm thinking of you, Joe, as a married man, and, you know, you looked forward to your marriage, and you arrived at that. You arrived at marriage. That wasn't your ultimate destination, <laughs> but it's a, it's a significant step on that journey. You were hoping for marriage, and then you actually met a girl, and that made your hope more concrete. And then you moved toward forward in your relationship and got engaged, and that made the hope more concrete. And then finally arriving at marriage, that's like, okay, there's a, a sort of landing place. And then that has a way of expanding our hope. A hope fulfilled expands our hope. And, and so then we look for something greater. We look to a, a, further, a more distant horizon. And, and in some sense for your marriage, you know, that's, that's obviously your whole life. And, and, and where will your life take you? Now, in the meantime, you need some other individual you know, intermediate hopes and hoping to have your house finished and hoping to have you know, an advance in your, in your job and hoping to, anyway, all of these things are, are the little hopes that carry us from day to day and week to week and year to year. But that ultimate hope, that ultimate destination, which is arriving at God, arriving in heaven, arriving in eternal life and, and uh, unmitigated happiness is, uh, is the hope that really propels us forward. And that's where our faith is an, is an important part of it. If, if, you're ho- if you're only hoping for a good job, if you're only hoping for a good retirement, if you're only hoping for uh, even in some sense a good marriage or a good relationship, then you're setting your, your sights too low. You're, you're setting your hope to, you're making, you're letting your hope be too small. And that's part of what God does through this theological virtue of hope is expanding our hope to be heaven, to be God, to be holiness, to be saints. Let's not allow our hopes to be too small. You know, if, if my, if our destination was only Kentucky um, and, and God really wants us to get all the way to California, you know, let's not settle for, for less than what God wants to give. Let's not allow our hopes to be too small. And that's where an expanding hope, you know, much better than the lottery. Heaven is much better than the lottery. And and even sort of hoping in the lottery, which, you know, has its own kind of issues to it, becomes a little too self-centered and things like that. But even hoping in the lottery uh, is is not the ultimate that God wants to give us. He wants to give us, in fact, much much more than that and so um, anyway those are some initial thoughts about the the theological virtue of hope just to kind of get us situated and
0: uh, start processing uh, digesting that so as i'm hearing you and correct me if i'm wrong here it seems very connected with faith and from what i'm hearing and you can correct me like i said if i'm wrong that the difference between hope and faith while they're two rings, the two sides of a ladder to get upward higher, the faith side is trust in God on the other side of the relationship that he's going to come through and do what he says, where the hope side is more your actions to go down the road to be able to make things happen, um, to be able to continue to progress. Because as you use the example of my marriage there, Um, It wasn't like I didn't do anything uh, between meeting Teresa and getting to engagement. There was some steps along the way there. And then obviously planning for the wedding and and preparing the house and all that stuff. So I, I, like I said, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that basically seems to be the difference between faith and hope. Faith being God's side that he's bringing to the table and hope being our actions that we're bringing to build this ladder together to get up to heaven
1: yeah i love that what you said joe and i'll just uh oh expand that a little bit and and reflect on that a little bit but uh essentially you you got it right on the hit it right on the nail um let me say it one way uh faith tells us what our destination is so it's like faith tells us that california exists and that we want to go there you know Uh, Again, I'm just, uh, so faith tells us that heaven exists, that God is love, that I want to go there. Uh, Love is actually our destination. Uh, So faith tells us it exists, love is our destination, and hope is the driving force. Hope is the movement from one to the other, we might say. So uh, let me say it a, a little different way now using the scripture. In the letter to the Hebrews, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the proof of things unseen. So uh, just says another way, we, we know what the object is. We know what we're hoping for because the fact is none of us have seen God. <laughs> so how do we know God? How do we know that he exists? How do we know that there is a heaven? How do we know that he's faithful? How do we know, how do we know any of this stuff? Well, that's Faith. God has revealed it to us, and we trust in it. Uh, and then we know that it exists, so that's the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the proof of things unseen. And so we know that it exists through faith, and therefore we, we reach for that, that good that's hard to achieve. Uh, we reach for that in, uh, in our, uh, our hope. So that's our that's where our hope comes in. So just using the scripture to say kind of the same thing. But, you know, faith is the is the foundation tells us that the destination exists. Love is the destination and hope is the driving force. It moves us from from one to
0: the other, from knowing to achieving, knowing to owning, knowing to arriving. So in essence, hope is practicing your faith. Is that correct? Well, it takes an act of hope to practice your faith. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're going through life and you see a situation where you don't quite understand why the faith is teaching you to do this, that, or the other, and you don't necessarily agree with it at the time for whatever reason. Um, so take the death penalty, for example. Some people think that that's a great idea. Um, and, but we know that from many episodes that the church teaches the sanctity of life. And that's why we do things such as fight against abortion. So the practice of hope is going out and speaking out against items like that, speaking out and doing what the faith is telling you to do to bring people closer together. I'm just rattling off different examples now um, to bring people closer together to God, to talk about, you know, Jesus, to pray at your table, stuff like that. So, so those are, are what we're saying examples of hope are? Yeah, those, it it takes hope to do all of those things. You know, think about the opposite of it. It always helps us to
1: see what the absence of hope is, which is despair. You know, when you've given up, you stop doing anything. When you lose hope in God, then you stop practicing your faith. You know, when you lose hope in that destination of heaven, then you stop practicing anything. If you lose hope in the in the power of the mass or in the purpose of uh, any religious practice, then you, you stop doing them. So despair is about giving up. And uh, that's, yeah. Uh, now, there's a, another a little bit more subtle enemy of hope, which is cynicism. Cynicism is... Uh, kind of draining the possibilities that are there. So we get cynical about like, oh, you know, masses, you know, those, those priests are all just hypocrites anyway, you know, it's no good. And Mm -hmm. then I, I justify not really giving my heart. I justify not really applying myself. I justify not really practicing, but it's a sin. Yeah. It's a sin against hope. It's, it's not hoping that there's any point or purpose or any destination that, you know, there's no such thing as a as a good person, right? That's a cynicism,
0: a cynical attitude, which is which is destroying hope. I'm glad you, you spun this to the opposite route because as I think about it, there's, in conjunction with despair is depression. And cynicism is often what leads people down the road of being outright depressed. And, you know, you, I'd never really thought of it in the connections of, of the hope and as a virtue, but as you look around and seeing that as people are distancing themselves from the church, you're also seeing a direct increase in both cynicism and depression and despair. So I, I can certainly see that the correlation, if not causation between the two there, that having God in your life will give you hope and therefore by definition decrease your likelihood of your, or possibly even your ability of being depressed man that's got to be a lot more productive than taking a Xanax <laughs> well um so when
1: we when we start talking about mental illness um you know and obviously uh the the psych- psychological depression major depressive uh episode or something like that is uh, has its own stuff and there's there there are complicated things with all of that and there can be a real purpose to taking a Xanax. it's uh, a trap that religious people sometimes fall into that well if you just have enough faith then you won't have any problems or something you know and and uh, we don't want to totally go down that it's like saying you know if we spin it to another area where people believe more readily well if you had strep throat and you just believe that god would heal you then you know y- you just wouldn't bother with antibiotics well no. so there there are reasons for Xanax and there are reasons for you know different kinds of treatments and talk therapies but sure yeah <laughs> but no no but but then to reinforce what you're saying there's a there's a whole realm of uh of psychotherapy which is called uh logotherapy or existential uh psychology developed by Viktor Frankl who was in a concentration camp he was in Auschwitz and uh maybe an not I can't remember if he was in Auschwitz. Anyway, he was in a concentration camp. He was already a psychologist and had developed this theory of psychology centered around the idea if you have a sufficient reason, if there's a sufficient why, man can endure any how, any circumstances. And so basically if there's enough hope to propel us forward, we can even endure the horrors of a concentration camp. That was his theory, and then he was in a concentration camp, and he got to put the theory into practice and also observe it playing out. And he noted that people died before they died. He could see people that gave up, and then it didn't really matter whether they were shot or whether they threw themselves against the barbed wire trying to you know, get out or whether they just gave up and laid down or whatever it was. Lots of different horrible, I mean, just evil ways that they were killed, but the point was he, he saw that they gave up first, so many of them, you know, gave up first. And so he developed this whole approach to psychology, which is not so worried about what's the root of the problem as it's worried about giving people a reason to live and to push forward. Now, that's all very much in the psychological realm, but faith substitutes that for us because we are Christian and we believe in the resurrection. We can say that through the cross, there is new life, and so any suffering, any sacrifice, any trial has a good resolution. That's our faith as Christians, and when we can apply that, it gives us a reason for hope. That's why Saint Peter says in, in 1 Peter three fifteen, "Always be ready to give a reason for your hope," uh, because Christians are are able to do that. We we have a reason that even in the worst circumstances, there is there is a future for all of us. And, and it's, a, it's a bright future. It's a, a future that's better than anything any of us have ever experienced. And it lies ahead for all of us. You know, that's our ultimate hope. So all of that is the, the virtue of hope, which does give us strength to move us forward and endure tremendous trials if, if that hope is rooted deeply enough.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a lot there. So first off, a, I had no idea that hope was this encompassing and that in some ways it really is the, the driving action force behind the other virtues. And in terms of what you were saying about that psychology, I think we've all seen it in everywhere in our lives. You know you think of it as someone who uh, who's training and they have to lift like 300 pounds and to get there, you have to start by doing lower weights, but doing more reps of them to build your, your strength up. And, you know, you're supposed to do 225 eight times to be able to do 300. So you can see if someone is going to be able to make it because you can see when they're quitting around the fourth attempt. That means they have no chance of getting 300 if they can't even get 225 four times. And you can see it when people are running long distances that they just kind of tap themselves out. And there is significant power in believing that you can do something and doing the reinsurances, as you had mentioned earlier, about getting from one side of the country to the other. You got through a state, you know, you you got through a couple hours of the journey. You saw the other set of mountains on the other side of the country, um, depending on which side you started on. So you can see that there's results from your actions and, and and I really had no idea that hope was all this encompassing in my head. I had it so intertwined with faith. I didn't have the true difference between it there. So I, I definitely thank you for, for illuminating me here on this today, father. Um, and, and I'm sure as you did for many other people out there listening. So with that being said, as we're coming to the final moments of our cast here today, if you want to give any final thoughts or, or last impressions as we do this Virtue of Hope episode? Well, I think Romans 8.28 is a great verse
1: for us to hold on to. We know that God works all things to the good for those who love him. And that's a a reason for our hope. God works all things to the good. Uh, And just before that, Romans 6 something Uh, St. Paul says, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And so, uh, or or sometimes they say it's at the darkest point of night that's just before the dawn. And Mm -hmm. so uh, keeping that in mind so that when we face trials, difficulties, we have a reason to believe persevering, pressing forward. There's a future and we can arrive uh, we, all of these physical things are not necessarily possible. I dare say I will never lift 300 pounds, um, and I'll never dunk a basketball. And I'll not, There's plenty of things that are physically impossible for me, and I don't hope in them. That would be irrational. Mm-hmm. But when our hope is the fulfillment of our humanity, the fulfillment of the greatest desires of our hearts, which are infinite love, Uh, That hope is reasonable, and God wants it for us as much as we want it for ourselves. And no matter where we are, what we've done, or what's been done to us, it's still our horizon. It's still our future if we can persevere and keep reaching for it, straining forward to what lies ahead and forgetting what lies behind, as St. Paul said in uh, Philippians 3. So yeah, there's a reason for hope. And and if we could just take that note away and press forward, uh,
0: believing, trusting in God, then uh, we'll, we'll have a better day. Beautiful, beautiful. And is hope being the virtue that's leading us to action for anyone out there who kind of listened to this and thought of someone who might not be in a spot of, of great hope, you know, let's open them up in one capacity or another to, to seeing the greatness that, uh, that is becoming closer to God and deepening the relationship there. So again, we thank everyone for listening and we will be with you again here next week.